Hello and welcome to In Conversation With, a podcast from The Lancet Haematology. It's March 2023 and I'm Emma Cookson. This month I'm delighted to be joined by Professor Alok Srivastava from Christian Medical College, Vellore, India, whose new research on an investigational siRNA therapy for haemophilia called Fetusaran is published in our issue this month. The ATLAS AB trial included patients with haemophilia without inhibitors, and a parallel trial, ATLAS INH, included patients with inhibitors and is being published at the same time in The Lancet. Uh, so, Alok, thank you very much for joining me today. First, can you explain how Fitoserum works and, and some background about the phase three ATLAS trials that were done to test it in patients with haemophilia A and B, such as why there is a need for improved treatments for this disease? Well, thank you, uh, Emma, for having me uh, for this podcast. Uh, it's something that uh, I honestly haven't done before with The Lancet, and I'm looking forward to this. So let me start with the second part, which will provide context for discussing fetisoran. Novel hemostasis depends on pro- and anticoagulant proteins being balanced so as to generate enough thrombin to create a stable fibrin clot. Deficiencies of factor 8 or 9, like in hemophilia A or B, hamper thrombin generation at various steps of the coagulation cascade, resulting in reduced or nearly absent hemostasis and therefore bleeding. Conventional treatment for factor deficiencies for over five decades has been to do the obvious, replace the missing factor, in this case factor 8 or 9, to achieve hemostasis. It has long been realized that prevention of bleeding by prophylactic administration of hemostasis products leads to much better outcomes than using them episodically to treat bleeds after they have occurred. However, prophylaxis with clotting factor concentrates required frequent intravenous infusions two to three times a week with standard half-life products to target trough plasma levels greater than 1% factor activity. While being quite successful in preventing most bleeds, it increased treatment burden tremendously with 100 to 150 intravenous injections every year. The introduction of extended half-life clotting factor concentrates about a decade ago improved that situation significantly by reducing the number of intravenous injections to between 25 and 75, much more so for factor 9 than for factor 8 infusions. However, two major problems associated with clotting factor concentrates persisted. That of peaks and troughs plasma levels, increasing bleeding susceptibility during the latter, and the development of inhibitory antibodies to the infused factor. In fact, the development of such inhibitors after clotting factor concentrate replacement has been the biggest challenge of this field for those who have had access to such treatment products. And this is not a rare event, with nearly a third of the patients with factor 8 deficiency and up to a tenth of those with factor 9 deficiency developing this major adverse event. Once this happens, treatment with clotting factor concentrates is rendered ineffective. People with hemophilia with inhibitors then require what are called bypassing agents. These are activated factor concentrates, biochemically serine proteases, that can facilitate thrombin generation even in the absence of factor 8 or 9. These are challenging products to use with much shorter half-lives, no standardized assay to monitor such therapy, and much more limited access. They also increase treatment burden tremendously. 
Most importantly, while they could control bleeding, their short half-lives made effective prophylaxis impossible. To address many of these gaps, what Fetisaran does is to introduce a completely new paradigm for achieving hemostasis in these conditions. Instead of adding the missing procoagulant factor, it works by reducing a naturally occurring anticoagulant factor, antithrombin, to rebalance hemostasis leading to adequate thrombin generation. What is Fetusaran? It is an investigational small interfering RNA, siRNA, therapeutic designed to specifically target antithrombin messenger RNA in the hepatocyte, thus blocking its translation and in turn lowering antithrombin plasma levels. This tends to rebalance hemostasis in both forms of hemophilia with or without inhibitors by allowing generation of enough thrombin to achieve stable hemostasis without variations related to peak or trough levels. The completed ATLAS studies aim to evaluate the efficacy and safety of etisoran in two phase three randomized clinical trials, one for hemophilia patients with inhibitors and the other without. So towards the end of that answer, you uh, touched on the fact that the trials were done in kind of separately for patients with and without inhibitors. Uh, can you just explain a little bit about the differences between the two trials and why patients with and without inhibitors were separated in this way? Both ATLAS inhibitor and the ATLAS AB are randomized control trials which evaluated the efficacy and safety of fitusaran prophylaxis compared with episodic or on-demand treatment with bypassing agents or relevant clotting factor concentrates in people with severe hemophilia A or B with or without inhibitors. The two studies mainly vary in terms of the starting population of patients included in the study and the comparative treatment that they were receiving. In this field, as I explained earlier, the unmet need for effective prophylaxis is much greater for patients with inhibitors. And so such cohorts are usually selected first for novel therapies, followed by those without inhibitors who have several other effective options already. The primary and secondary endpoints were the same in both trials, essentially documenting the various bleeding rates, total, spontaneous and joint bleeding during the efficacy period and their impact on quality of life of the participants while on this treatment. That's great. Thank you. Next, can we move on to the main findings of the two trials? So if you could describe those, uh, that would be great. Yes, I could. Uh, Let me take these two studies separately. In the ATLAS inhibitor study, 57 patients were randomized 2 is to 1 to fitusaran prophylaxis, about 38 of them, or to on-demand episodic bypassing agent therapy, about 19 of them. The median annualized bleeding rate, the annualized spontaneous bleeding rate, and the annualized joint bleeding rates in the efficacy period were zero in the fitusaran group, but ranged from about 12 to 17 in the bypassing agent episodic treatment group. In the fitusaran prophylaxis group, 25 participants or about 66% had zero treated bleeds versus only one or 5% of participants in the bypassing agent's episodic treatment group. Fitusaran prophylaxis improved health-related quality of life as measured by the hemocall 
both in the total score and particularly so in the physical health domains. The most frequent emergent treatment emergent adverse event in the fetuserin prophylaxis group was increased alanine aminotransferase in 13 participants or 32%. In the fetuserin prophylaxis group, four suspected or confirmed thromboembolic events were reported in two participants or 5% with predisposing risk factors. However, none of these led to any mortality. Turning to the ATLAS AB study, 120 participants were also randomized two is to one to fetuserin prophylaxis, 80 of them, or episodic clotting factor concentrate replacement, 40 participants. The median annualized bleeding rate, annualized spontaneous bleeding rate, and the annualized joint bleeding rate in the efficacy period were again zero in the fetuserin prophylaxis group and ranged from about 16 to 22 in the episodic clotting factor concentrate replacement group during the efficacy period. In the fetuserin prophylaxis group, 40 participants or about 51% had zero treated bleeds versus only two or 5% participants in the episodic clotting factor concentrate replacement group. As in the inhibitor study, fetuserin prophylaxis improved health related quality of life as measured by the hemocol again both in the total score and much more so in the physical health domains. Increased alanine aminotransferase was the most common treatment emergent adverse event in the fetuserin prophylaxis group, affecting about 18 participants or 23%. Here again, no cases of thrombosis were reported, nor any deaths due to any cause. Very importantly, in both studies, the pharmacodynamic data confirmed that fetuserin prophylaxis resulted in a sustained reduction in antithrombin and an associate proportionate increase in thrombin generation, providing high levels of clinical hemostasis. Uh, so really promising results, I think, overall. But just to put those into context, could you just describe if there are any um, important limitations of the trials? The main limitation of the ATLAS inhibitor and the ATLAS AB trials was the comparator arm receiving episodic or on-demand therapy rather than prophylaxis. For patients with inhibitors, until very recently, there was no effective prophylactic therapy. And even now, it is only available for those with hemophilia A and inhibitors. Therefore, the comparison with patients receiving episodic treatment was a reasonable option in this study. However, for those with inhibitors, this becomes a much more significant issue as clotting factor concentrate-based prophylaxis has been in vogue for a long time. It is possible that at the time this protocol was designed and reviewed, most participants and physicians may not have felt comfortable offering an investigational first-in-class novel agent to those who are already doing well on prophylaxis until more safety and efficacy data were available. In fact, it has indeed been the norm for such novel investigational drugs to be first compared with those receiving on-demand or episodic treatment in nearly all previous clinical trials. Furthermore, the unequivocal published consensus that prophylaxis should be the universal standard of care is much more recent. To counter this limitation, what has been done in the outcome analysis 
is to set the bar for efficacy at par with what is best achieved today with any prophylaxis. While a median analyzed bleeding rate of zero is one such high bar, looking at the percent of participants with zero bleeds, less than one, and less than three bleeds per year, the new benchmarks of potential long-term efficacy further attempts to bring parity with the highest levels of efficacy documented in the literature with any hemostatic agent in use today for hemophilia. What is also unique about this drug, it, has the, it is the only one with a specific easily measured biomarker, the plasma antithrombin level that reflects its pharmacodynamics and correlates with clinical efficacy. The impact of this antithrombin reduction on overall hemostasis can be further demonstrated by changes in thrombin generation assays. Yet, a comparison with prophylaxis is indeed still warranted and is part of the wider Fitisuran Atlas Phase III program. The open-label nature of these studies could also be considered as a limitation, leading to potential biases, particularly in patient-reported outcomes, but blinded studies, given the types of intervention involved over such long periods of time, would be nearly impossible to conduct. Okay, thank you. That makes sense. Can you just talk about the next steps for the treatment and how it will fit in with the haemophilia treatment landscape in general? While both these studies have clearly documented the efficacy and safety of fitusaran in both hemophilia A and B with and without inhibitors, they have also opened up the possibility of further dose modifications to optimize response by targeting a particular range of antithrombin plasma levels between 15 and 35%, which has been determined to be the optimal range based on all the clinical and extensive modeling data. It is anticipated that this kind of targeting will reduce the risk of adverse events, including thrombosis, while still achieving adequate hemostasis. The revised dose and dose regimen of fitusaran involves starting participants at 50 milligrams once every two months. Dose adjustments are then based on individual response, determined by monitoring of antithrombin levels as a specific biomarker. This is indeed a completely new paradigm for this field. With these additional studies, Fitusuran has been demonstrated as the first hemophilia drug to be effective in all forms of the condition, A or B, with or without inhibitors, and also the first one with a very specific biomarker which can be targeted for optimizing outcomes. The range of dosage and dosing regimens being evolved, evaluated in different patient populations prior to registration is also a first in the field. When these studies are completed, it is quite possible that many patients will only need as few as six subcutaneous injections per year of fortisaran to achieve high levels of hemostasis. This will reduce the overall treatment and disease burden in ways that could not have been imagined so far with all its positive impact on the quality of life of these patients. Fitusaran therefore has the potential to be transformative in the management of all people with haemophilia. That's great, thank you. 
Um, so just finally, I wanted to touch on some of the aspects around access to treatment. Uh, so obviously we've got Fetusaran. There's also very exciting gene therapies uh, in development for treating haemophilia. But many of these treatments are very expensive. Uh, so can you just talk a little bit about some of the considerations around equal access to these therapies uh, for patients around the world? Indeed, this is a critical question that needs to be addressed. Never before have we been so spoiled for choice of effective therapies for haemophilia. Yet about 70% of people with haemophilia around the world do not have access to accurate diagnosis and adequate treatment. The fact that fetusiran can be used across all types of haemophilia is a huge advantage for such situations. New therapies should indeed help to close the gap and raise the bar of effective treatment. This is only possible if all people with hemophilia can access them to reach such health equity. Recent experience with some other novel drugs for hemophilia has shown that access can be increased by rapid registration of the product in different parts of the world with the available pivotal trial data and offering differential pricing relevant to those healthcare systems. Increasing access through coordinated donations of such drugs to those countries where marketing may not be currently feasible is another way of increasing access which has been done. We hope that some of these methods will be employed to increase access to fetusaran when, when it becomes available in the market. You can read Professor Srivastava's research online now at thelancethematology.com and also at thelancet.com. Thank you to Professor Srivastava and thank you for listening to this episode of In Conversation With. Remember, you can subscribe to In Conversation With The Lancet Hematology wherever you usually get your podcasts.